Chapter 6, Friend or Fiend Jordan sat atop a police cruiser in his driveway, power drill in hand. Although Nix ached to run up and throw her arms around him, she couldn't resist stopping at the corner of the house to watch him for a few moments. Several things about him were new. He was tan for one thing, and it really contrasted with his white blonde hair, which was longer than she'd ever seen it. Neither of those seemed like something Sergeant Frost would be excited to spread around town, though. Jordan jerked his head to get the hair out of his eyes, and the garage light caught his jaw and neck. They were different, somehow less boyish. What had happened to her Jordan? He didn't seem nearly as dorky as he had been. It surprised Nix how sad this made her. They used to be dorky together. They used to pretend not to care what the cool kids thought. Maybe now she'd have to be dorky on her own. That sounded super fun. Maybe she could lose some weight. Then they'd be about the same level. At any rate, she should probably talk to him and see if he still wanted to hang out with the social pariah. Nix reviewed what she wanted to say to prevent any awkward pauses. She would ask how his summer went, then tell him about her narrow escape from a muddy death, and then make some plans for tomorrow. What was she doing? This was Jordan. She'd never worried about being awkward around him before. Her best friend was right in front of her, and she was wasting time spying on him. She stepped into the light. Do the cops know you're taking apart their car? Jordan looked up and smiled. It was then that Nick saw what Sergeant Frost must have been talking about. The bits of metal glued to his teeth. Hey, Nick's! Jordan set his tool down, turned over on his belly, and slid off the car. His shirt rode up to reveal a red strip of back. You have skin cancer yet? A small price to pay for a beautiful tan. Although he was still shorter than Nick's, he had definitely grown. Nick shoved her hands in her back pockets. Nice teeth. Braces hurt. I'd rather leave them crooked. He touched them gingerly. And the food that gets stuck up in there is nasty. How is it at your grandparents? He pushed up his sleeves. His arms were still abnormally skinny. All that in a bag of chips. Mmm, chips. Your hair's longer. Jordan grinned. Dad hates it. I'm also half a foot taller. Well, four inches. I guess you won't be needing me as a bodyguard anymore. You stopped being my bodyguard a while ago, when I got these. He pointed to the spot where a bicep would have been on a less scrawny person. I guess it has been a while since I've had to sit on someone for you. Not since Pruitt Cornwall in second grade. Totally worth detention, Nick said. I got a best friend out of it. I didn't know you and Pruitt were best friends. Nix rolled her eyes. So what are you doing to the car? She knew they were on a schedule, but she'd never been good at deferring her curiosity. Besides, spontaneous conversation was good. It meant things were back to normal. This is one of the old patrol cars. The flashing lights don't work right. Something with the wiring. So your sergeant asked you to fix it? Not exactly. Jordan's face stretched into a wide smile. It didn't look quite the same with the braces, but Nix recognized it instantly. It was his mischievous grin. She'd seen it when he found the teacher's grade book, and when he'd figured out how to unlock the bathroom stalls from the outside, and a hundred times since then. Actually, Jordan said, I was trying to take the light bar off and use it as a strobe light. If I can fix the loose connection and then wire in the AC-DC converter, I might be able to power it from a wall socket. Since when do you know about electrical thingies? I read the repair manual for my dad's BMW a couple years ago. It's all pretty much the same. You make me sick. Being a genius is not as fun as it seems. <laughs> You're not a genius. If you were, you'd put your freak memory to good use and be in college by now. Yeah, but that would require working hard and another related garbage. Nix was actually glad he didn't make full use of his near-perfect recall. 
He worked only hard enough to keep him progressing with the class. If he started skipping grades, he'd soon be out of her life. "'Jordan!' came a small, angry voice from the garage. "'I'm hungry!' Jordan's nine-year-old sister appeared in Pokemon pajamas, her eyes glued to her Game Boy Advance. "'Amy, we already had dinner.' "'Yeah, like three hours ago. I already got the mac and cheese box open for you.' Jordan sighed and went back to collect his stuff on the car. "'Amy, look who's here.' "'Who?' But as soon as Amy looked up from her game, she squealed, "'Nick's!' She sprinted across the garage to clamp her arms around Nix's waist. Hey, Amy. It had only been four months, but Nix had already forgotten how much this place seemed like home. How was your summer? Amy returned to her game. Lame. Jordan made me leave my PlayStation, and there was nothing to do but sit around at the beach. Oh, Jordan, I can't believe you ruined this poor girl's summer, as if ruining mine wasn't enough. Jordan returned, his arms full of wires and tools. Yours couldn't have been that bad, Nix. You did have all those cats to keep you company. Yeah, next time you can stay with the cats and sell tacos, and I'll go hang out at the Oceanside condo. I missed you too, he said. Nix couldn't wipe the goofy grin off her face. It was as if all the horrible summer had been a dream, and she'd finally awoken. Jordan got six stitches on his head, Amy said without looking up. Nix tried not to smile. How'd you do that? Jordan lifted his hair to reveal a tiny shaved spot near his crown, marked with little black lines. Just being stupid. So, were any of the blessed felines laid to rest while I was gone? No such luck, Nix answered. In fact, my mom caught two more with her trap. Oh, did your dad tell you what happened last night? Jordan shook his head. Did the health inspector finally close down Paco's? Jordan, I'm hungry, Amy said in her most whiny voice. And you might want to see if the water's boiling yet. Jordan glared at his sister. You put something on the stove? Go turn it off right now. Amy shot him a sour look without glancing up from her game, then marched back into the house. You want to come in? He asked Nix. I've got to make her royal highness some M&C. Nix debated for a second. Her stomach screamed yes, but she'd already stayed too long. I'd love to, but there will be problems if I'm late getting in two nights in a row. She hoped he'd ask why she'd gotten home late last night, but he didn't take the bait. Nix, my cheesy mac is totally worth getting grounded for. Jordan struggled to open the door with his full hands, and Nix rushed to get it for him. Come on in, he said. Nix nearly relented, but at the last minute pictured her mother on the phone again with the police. I'll get my chores done early and be here first thing in the morning. That won't work. Dad's taking us hiking after breakfast. Nix paused a moment, waiting for an invitation to join them, but it didn't come. Oh well. He probably knew her mother wouldn't let her go anyway. Maybe I can leave work early tomorrow and we can ride bikes. Jordan shifted uncomfortably in the doorway. Oh, um, actually, I had something going on tomorrow night. I told Santiago I'd go with him to a party. That's why I was trying to fix the light bar. Nix's chest grew tight, but she was determined not to show her disappointment. That's okay. I'll probably be tired after work anyway. So who's this Santi whatever guy? Actually, he lives here, but his family has a beach house close to my grandparents. We pretty much spent the whole summer together. Nick shook her head and smiled, but inside, she felt sick. Jordan had a new friend. Maybe a new best friend. Cool, she muttered. Is he in our grade? Please say no. Yeah, you've probably seen him around school. He's from Spain. Nick's jaw dropped. You spent the summer with Tiago Padilla, the guy with the British accent? Oh, you know who he is? Yeah, his whole family had the accent, I guess, because there are tons of Brits where he's from. 
There isn't a girl at school who doesn't know who Tiago is. He's the human equivalent of a Lamborghini. Jordan gave a wounded scoff. You're cute too, Jordy. At least a Jeep convertible. Nix maintained the smile, but her heart was struggling to beat. Jordan! Amy called from inside. Come quick! It's going everywhere! Well, thanks for stopping by, Jordan said as he rushed inside. See you later. Then he shut the door, and Nix could finally let the tears go. In her dreams, murky water sucked the warmth from her bones. High above her, on a ledge, Jordan smiled and waved, then walked away. Couldn't he see she was drowning? She slipped beneath the surface, and the world went silent. Stars grew above her like flowers. In the distance, she heard a woman singing. The strange melody drew her in. Nix followed the music through the trailer park. The next morning, she still had the tune in her head. Will you stop humming that stupid line over and over? Mrs. Wack said at breakfast. Nix, who hadn't even realized she was humming, went quiet and finished the jar of liquid turkey dinner. She had no idea why she'd been humming. When she remembered her best friend was going to a popular party with his new friend, all she felt like doing was swearing. Her mother didn't look very cheerful either. Mr. Wack had already left for the Ozarks on another animal slaughter trip. In a way, it was a relief to feel comfortable in her own house again. But now Mrs. Wack had more time to monitor and critique her only child. At work, Nix noticed Beryl's bike parked next to Dibble's enormous gray van. She was surprised by how much this comforted her. Even if Beryl did come across a little strong, she was always good for a laugh. Besides, she was what Nix needed most right then, a friend. Mr. Dibble stood in the doorway of the RV. He was a short, ratty man with uneven sideburns and a red face that made him appear constantly furious. The odd thing was when Mr. Dibble actually got angry, his face went pale white and his lips would get very thin. But today Nix was pleased to see his face was pink and sporting a wide grin. He stepped lightly onto the pavement. Let's talk. Nix followed him around to the back of the sand. What could make Mr. Dibble so happy? Was he going to congratulate her for training Beryl so well? That reminded Nix. She was supposed to ask for a raise. Of course, Mr. Paco. Dibble insisted she call him Mr. Paco in public, even though he was obviously not Hispanic and his first name was actually Donald. He stepped close to her and Nix caught the familiar stench of powdered beans mixed with body odor. She tried not to breathe. I have a couple of quick questions for you, Dibble said. Like a quiz? Nix felt a strange dread building in her as if being so close to the man was eroding her goodness. I'd like the names of your parents and grandparents on both sides and where they live. Why would... Hurry up, I don't have all day. I need to make sure of something. Patricia Wack? Her parents are Morton and Arenda Penrod? They live in Alberta, Canada. My dad is Mac Wack and his parents are both dead. They were in New Mexico. John and Helen, I think? If this is about my citizenship, everyone was born here in... Have you ever seen a glowing rock? Nix just stared at him. Had he taken some of Beryl's drugs? Then, like a switch had been flipped, his whole demeanor changed from surly and suspicious to superior and dismissive. You forgot to wipe down the plastic forks when you closed with Beryl, he said with a smirk. If I'm paying you to train someone, I'd like you to do it right. Sorry, sir, Nix said. I'll take care of it first thing. It's too late. They were all disgusting, so I threw them out. I'll be taking two boxes of plastic forks out of your pay, since I'm sure this isn't the first time it's happened. Yes, sir. She was used to this. Last March, she accidentally left a box of frozen burritos on the counter overnight. Dibble took the burritos home, and Nix worked the whole next month without payment. Plastic forks shouldn't be too bad, though. Maybe ten or fifteen bucks? 
Thankfully, Dibble didn't seem too put out by the dusty plastic. She must have done everything else right. Maybe she still had a chance. I had a good talk with Beryl, he said. Is there something you want to tell me? That was a strange way to word it, but since he asked... Yes, actually. He stared at her with smug anticipation. Something was going on, but Nix couldn't stop to figure it out now. This was her chance. The worst he could say was no. It's more of a question, really. I've been here for almost a year, and now that I'm training, I was wondering if I could possibly get a small raise. I know I make mistakes sometimes, but I promise I'll do my... Nix trailed off when she noticed Mr. Dibble's expression. He stared at her with amused pity, as if she'd confessed to believing in leprechauns. Nix wanted to keep listing the reasons she deserved a raise, but found herself unable to speak. She could only stand there, mesmerized, by Dibble's ratty mustache twitching under his red, blotchy nose. "'You really are pathetic,' Dibble said. "'I don't want to see you on my property again.'"